afford to be. This is small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, your comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And I'm Christine Blackburn. And joining us today as always, not, a, not as always though, most of the time. Most of the time. Is, uh, as producer is Kyle Dodson. Hey yeah. Kyle. Hey. You did, we were just talking that there's been a couple episodes recently that I did uh, on, the, on the sly. Well, yeah, I know. You. Are you cheating on Kyle? Out. Well, I just had like... Uh, they, I, probably, but I, I, I had people, they probably sound great. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't bring in like a new person, like Mike Siegel, who's one of my co-hosts. He produced one. And then I recorded with uh, Matt Belknap and Jimmy Pardo. So Matt just set in as producer. So it's not like I'm going... You have to worry like when, when you hear that like uh, Chet... Or, um, yeah, no, this is or, good company to or, be in, Kyle. Trust yeah, me. Jimmy yeah. Pardo, Mike Siegel, this yeah, is good these company. These are all good. Yeah. But, uh, Kyle, anything, what's happening with you now? Well, I don't think this is recording. What do you mean? All right, so what's, uh, what's happening? You're back in the. You, Kyle was engaged, Christine, mm-hmm. and his girlfriend dumped him. Mm. His yeah. fiance. Mm. So, got the uh, ring back, though. Got the part. ring back. That is mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Uh, and her finger too. He had some guys go over there and get and it. And what was her reasoning? Uh, there was none. So it was one. As as it's not. I always say it's not. It's not me. It's you. That's what I say when mm-hmm. I would break up. <laughs> but so, but you're back out in the dating world. I am. And you're meeting these girls. Uh, where you meeting these? And when I say girls, I mean one. Yeah, one on the <laughs> internet. No, when, I had a couple of dates with couple. other girls initially, but they were terrible. And even the young people go internet now. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. You know, I hear that online dating is actually backfiring. I'm just going to throw that out. It's working great. Gangbusters for this kid. Listen, speaking of dating, you know who's now back in the dating world? Who? Neil Young. Oh. <laughs> he and his wife split after, I think, 36 years of marriage. Would you go on a date with Neil Young? Would I? Pat, you're kidding, right? <laughs> I don't know. You're kidding. He's not. He's 68 years old. He's only 20 years older than me. Right. And does he look good for 60? I think he's amazing. Absolutely. Are you, you like kidding? The, he's tall and he's strong. He has a lot of hair. How do you know he's strong? <laughs> because no, look at them. I mean, he's physically built strong. He's not like, you're not looking at, right. you know, the guy from, uh, N- N- yeah. Name, name, a, name a musician who's not physically built strong. John Popper. Okay, that's a good Fair one. enough. Meatloaf. Yes. No. <laughs> Listen, my point is Neil Young was single for about three hours, and I had this window, and I missed it. Wait a minute. He broke up with his wife. Now he's going out with Daryl Hannah, and I can't compete with that. Uh, I, I think he could compete with Daryl Hannah. <gasps> Kyle, did you hear what he said? Look, it's not, and look, this is nothing against you. You're an attractive person, but th- it's not splash Daryl Hannah. It's Daryl Hannah now who's had surgery and looks funky. Oh, did you see no, Renee I don't think Zellweger? She, I don't think so. Oh, yeah. She's had some surgery. Well, nonetheless, whatever. She's a beautiful girl, a beautiful spirit, mm. and they have this environmental cause thing she's going on. She's also missing a finger, which and, is, <laughs> a, that's a turn are you, sure, are you sure he's not dating Jack Hanna with their environmental <laughs> cause? Oh, that's pretty good, Kyle. Good for you, man. Good for you. Hey, we should get started right off the bat, because there's so much music. I feel like I'm not in control right now. You're okay, not, you're never. In but wait, well, let's talk about you for a second. You want to start with a song, and then I want to talk to you a little bit. So we, okay. we, I need to introduce you. We need to talk about you. Have a podcast. You have a podcast called Storyworthy. Yes, I do. Tell us about your podcast. You know, it's been going really well, Pat. Storyworthy's been going for uh, since July of 2010. That's a long time. That's yeah, great. It is. Thanks, man. I've got about 260 episodes. Excellent. And I was inspired by the Moth, you know, which is a storytelling show mm-hmm. based out of New York, but now in Los 
Los Angeles and many other cities. And then I was also inspired by Adam Carolla, who had started okay. his podcast in 2009. So it was kind of a combination of wanting to be on the air mm-hmm. and personally having a lot of good, true stories. Right. And then my experience with the moth said to me, you know, everybody's got a true story, a at good least, story. At least one. But Everyone I'll say this, one. but I'll say this, just because you have a good story doesn't mean you tell it well. Okay. And so I try to have on entertaining people like comedians, writers, right. and authors. Yeah, you, you go all over the spectrum with your guests, which is cool. Yes. In fact, I just had a composer on, which was my first composer, and he was super interesting. Um, so, yeah, everybody, you know, they bring the story, the, the story they want to mm-hmm. talk about. So automatically we are talking from the guest point of view. Mm-hmm. They tell their 10-minute story uninterrupted, and then we jump in from there. So it's not long-form interview. Right. It is based on what they want to talk about. And let me ask you this. What... On iTunes, what category is story worthy and is it in comedy? That's so funny because I have gone back and forth between comedy mm-hmm. and society and culture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're so not society and culture, but that's the category I do better right. in. Yeah, we're in music. The, well, that's the category that the moth is in in This American mm-hmm. Life and um, a lot of other story shows now. So it, it's fine. But I wish there was uh, just one independent storytelling category that would be helpful. That's, yeah. That I, I burped and right in the middle of her saying that's hot because because she brought beers and we're drinking beers now let me uh now we have a lot of we have a lot of things in common y- you how long have you been in Los Angeles 17 years 17 okay I've been I've been here 20 years okay you close win. you close. win <laughs> but no we're both from we both grew up in Pennsylvania yes that's right the Keystone State yeah not too, not too far I mean like two hours you're from oh, the middle of the state I'm or? from uh, near Altoona interesting yeah I'm from Pittsburgh and, and so that would be the biggest city to you know near exa- you. Yeah, absolutely and oh, you wow. you went to uh, Duquesne University Duquesne. I went oh. to uh, St. Vincent College in Latrobe we played them in basketball and who won see I have no idea my dad went to grad school at Duquesne well your dad can go to hell okay Kyle <laughs> that's what I'm saying and uh, we're both parents <laughs> we're both parents we, yeah. we've both never been high <laughs> oh, okay. That's right. We both lost our virginity at 25. Okay. <laughs> this is getting funnier some, and funnier. Some things are different. But then, no, I just, I looked on your Facebook page. I was, uh, uh, what do you call it? Trolling? Creeping. Creeping. Isn't and, that amazing? Uh, and I just, I'm, find like, out. I'm like, oh, where is she from? Oh, okay. So, that's yeah. Part, so, yeah. that's interesting. Like, right on. my, because, uh, uh, what what uh, town are you from? In- it's a little tiny suburb called Gibsonia. It was quite rural. It's really. near Butler. Yes, that's right. I was born in Butler. Oh, you were born in the Butler. Butler County Hospital. Yeah, see, I know a bunch of uh, a bunch of people exciting. from my uh, my my great friend from college, Tim Gettler. They own Gettler Distributorship mm. in Butler, where we would probably get these beers if we mm. were there right now. That's the funny thing about Pennsylvania. You can't just get a six pack of beer in the grocery store. You have to go to a beer distributor, distributor. and you can only get them in in quantities of twenty four. Yes, or yeah. more. So it's like or go to a six pack shop and get. Six well, no, and but 12. a six pack shop is only at a bar. I mean, there's no such no no store. It has to be at a bar during yes. the bar hours and no alcohol can Mm -hmm. be sold on Sundays, you know, that that is carry out. So here, in fact, we are, are we encouraging the kids, Pat? No, you can't have six beers. You need 24. You need 24. (laughs) But really, I went back up for Christmas a couple years ago and one of my sisters likes that Mike's Hard Lemonade or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I said, what do you want me to get? She says, I like the Mike's Hard Lemonade. So I go to the distributor. (laughs) How many Mike's Hard Lemonades do I have to buy, Kyle? 24. 20 fucking four. Nobody in the history. No one of the ever world buys that many Mike's Hard Lemonades. Twenty-four Mike's no one, Hard no Lemonades. No one's drank twenty-four in their life. <laughs> I, I kind of like that Mike's Hard Lemonade. Yeah, but you can only have like one and a half at the. It's just so fucking. Oh yeah, I can only have one and a half for sugar. sure. I'm loopy <laughs> drunk after one and a half anything. But uh, okay, and uh, did we say we're both parents? We did. Both parents. 
We might have said that off air. I have a child that I named after a Neil Young song. So let's get right to it. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. Hey, man, that, I'm just kidding. I'm okay. totally kidding. So yeah, the topic really. is, uh, Chris, how did this happen? You, you said you'd, love to, you'd like to be a guest. And I said, great. What topic would we do? And you said... Neil Young. Neil Young. And it probably... Well, actually, I love a lot of music. But Neil Young has, has really impacted my life since I was about 13. And his music is, has been so important to me in mm-hmm. every decade. And it just never stops. And you can't really stop learning about him. Because no. he has so much going on. As well as he has probably hundreds of songs in vaults that we've never even heard. Yeah, I mean, his, he, his output... I mean, I would love it if like some of my favorite artists had the output of music that he does. And look, I'm sure it's not when you put out that much music, it can't all be stellar. You might think it is. But, uh, but I would rather have the quantity. You know, I'd, I'd, Choices. Yeah, I'd, like, I'd rather have like an album every year, even if, yeah. it, even if it only brings forth five songs I like. I, I, I just like the artist to continue to put stuff out. I love it. Right, and Neil frequently puts out two albums a year easily. Yeah, it's crazy. But it's like when you leave a Paul McCartney concert and he's been playing for two and a half hours and right. you leave and you think, yeah, but he didn't play. Bump, but it up, but it up, but it up. Right, it's like that. Right, like, there's so much material. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, yeah, once you get to be so so big, like you know who who is that? Springsteen, Billy Joel, Dylan, any of yeah. these guys, Elton John, it's they, terrific. They can't play all their songs. Yeah, it's impossible. So you want to start us off? You have a Neil Young song. Yeah, I thought we could just dive right into Neil Young with the uh, th- with a song that I think just epitomizes everything about Neil Young. And is definitely one of my favorites. It's from his second studio album, Everyone Knows This Is Nowhere. Can you play that, Kyle? Instrumental. Okay. about this song is you know it came out in 1969 he was 23 years old when this came out um it's on his album called everybody knows this is nowhere and this is a song that it it just says so much about neil it's it goes off on these long guitar solos like you just heard where sometimes you think like is this guy mad or is he a genius? Like, I can't even decide. Um, this is the first time he recorded with Crazy Horse's uh-huh. band. Right. So I wanted to dive into this right off the bat because that's, that song, Cowgirl on the Sand, is, is uh, 
it's very similar to a couple of his other songs, Down by the River and Cinnamon Girl. Mm. And those three songs were all on that, that, very sec, that second album yeah. that he ever put out. And this is now, a 10-minute song that we just when I was, Well, he's got 20-minute yeah. versions for that matter, Pat. Now, when I was in college at Duquesne <laughs> University, where your father-in-law went to grad school. No, just father. Your father I'm went to married, grad school. I'm not married, remember? That's right. <laughs> That's where she dumped you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, when I was in college, I kid you not, I was 17 years old. Okay. The local radio station, WDVE, mm-hmm. WDVE rocks. They all rock. All the stations rock. They had Neil Young on their rock talk. So he was like their guest on that uh-huh. day, and you could call into the station to talk with him. So I skipped classes all morning. I was on hold for two and a half hours. God, I hope you got through. And I got through, and I was 17 years old, and I say, Neil Young. They say, Christine in Pittsburgh, you're on the air. Neil, you're, Christine, you're talking to Neil. And I've only been listening to Neil like four years, and my heart yeah. is just thumping. You're already excited. And I asked him about Cowgirl on the Sand. And he told me what he has verified many times. And that is that he wrote that song and Down by mm-hmm. the River and The Loner and Cinnamon. Wait a minute. He wrote, no, he wrote Down by the River, Cowgirl in the Sand and Cinnamon Girl uh-huh. all while he had a temperature of 103 living in his Topanga Canyon house, living in his Topanga Canyon house yeah. and doesn't remember writing any of those songs. Oh, that's crazy. So not only is there no meaning to mm-hmm. that song. I mean, you can think it's whatever you want to think it is. He doesn't even know what the meaning is. Yeah, what does Cinnamon Girl mean? We don't know. Nobody knows. But the point is, it's a lot better than Paprika Boy. My point... I love songs about <laughs> spice people. That you know, so that's good. what I'm saying. Like the Spice now, Girls? Listen, and yeah. so... <laughs> good one. And it's so funny, because I, 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 when you said the title of the album, I didn't, I didn't know that title, but then I know that album cover. Like yeah, The sure. back of my hand. That's a great... Everybody uh, knows this is nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, it's iconic with him standing against a tree, mm-hmm. and he's very tall and long and light, and I actually have a signed copy of that album uh, that was given to me by Tishon Shannon, who used to work on Saturday Night Live, yeah. and Neil Young was a guest on Saturday Night Live. Oh, this is during great. the Harvest Moon tour, and he got that autograph for So me. did you ask him, did you say, Neil's going to be on, could you well, get this autograph Well, here's what it was. Uh, my, my dear friend Charlie Shannon, who's since passed away, um, was Tishon's brother. Okay. And so Charlie Shannon knows that I love Neil Young. Okay. okay. So he is at the live show in New York City. His brother is the showrunner. Yeah. Charlie has his cell phone on and he's going to get in big fucking trouble any second now. And he's like, Christine, I'm in New York City at Saturday Night Live. T-Shot's going to kill me if he knows I'm doing this. But here's Neil Young, you know. That's great. (laughs) Plays the whole show for me. Then he he gets Neil Young's autograph. So this was a surprise, this gift, this album, or did you... It was actually for Charlie. It says to Charlie for Neil Young, but when he passed... Oh my gosh! Now it's being so. Wait, when he when he passed, passed Tishon gave it to you. That's correct. That's pretty great. Fucking awesome. That's pretty. Have you ever met Neil Young? It hangs over my piano. No, I haven't met Neil Young. And have you tried to meet him? You know, one of my hobbies. One of my hobbies is one of my hobbies is I get uh, yeah. Yes, I get autographs. I have like (laughs) how many do I have, Kyle? I have almost a hundred. Oh, that's nice. And um. And you can you can meet these people. You can meet them. Yeah. Well, if he plays, listen. like when he comes to town, what venue does he play? Well, usually? I just saw him at the Kodak Theater. Oh, excuse me. Now it's called the Dolby Theater yes. in Hollywood. It was a, an acoustic show with fifteen hundred people. And I'll tell you, uh, I he played two or three sold out nights, and it was somewhat not. I guess it's discouraging, but I guess it's just the way it is now. Mm-hmm. I went to that show. It was so important to me, and I I watched him. It was just last year, last last fall, uh-huh. and it was so wonderful. And you know, I go home. I get up in the morning and I just Googled it to see the reviews of the yeah. show and boom, the whole concert's on YouTube. Somebody shooting it from their hat oh, or from crazy. whatever. I mean, it was like, are you kidding me? Why don't people then, enjoy it? Of course, I there. sit and watch it again. Yeah, sure. 
And I watched the encore. It was fantastic. But I just couldn't believe it. It, it. It only took about six or seven hours and it was up. It is crazy, isn't it? Kind of sad. Yeah, I don't like when anyone's taking a, a picture in front of me. Because first I of know. all, when you can see on their camera when they're taking a picture, that's not a picture that you're ever going to... You're, you're too far away. You're never going to lo- look at it again. No. Or... or or watch that video again. No, yeah, but you can put it out, I suppose, on YouTube. I'm just saying. I'm talking to people that are like, me. you know, in Section C and are taking a picture with well, their this phone. This happened to be a pretty good recording. The point is, um, here's the thing I want to say. One more thing about Cowgirl in the Sand. Say as many things you want to say about on, it. Man. I want to move We can on. talk about this album all the whole show. Everyone knows this is nowhere. Like I said, it's his second studio album. His first studio album, mm-hmm. okay, which was released in 1968, actually on his 23rd birthday. I don't like the title of his first album. It's well. It's a, it's a self-titled I debut know, album. It's just called Neil Young. You jerk. You're such a jerk, <laughs> Pat Francis. But the point is, uh, it, it, this the first album he ever did was put out only four months before that album we just heard. Everyone knows this is nowhere. So his very first album is put out. Uh-huh. But on that album, what I want to stress is the song "The Loner." And the loner is an important, it's an amazing, iconic song by Neil Young. A lot of it describing himself, himself as the loner. And he had just split up with Crosby, Stills, Nash, Crosby, Stills, Nash. And so he had felt, you know, he was on the outside doing his own thing, taking his own path. And I want to play the loner, but we're going to hold off and play it when Whoa, we... hold up. We're going to hold up and play it when we do the live rest segment because that, okay. I like that. I, I like had no idea we were doing a live rest segment. It's but, all good. <laughs> uh, for the listener at home... Uh, <laughs> I have been uh, I'm tied to my chair Pat Francis I am told unable. me You told me You said I don't know anything About Neil Young I, I did I said so you're going to do The heavy lifting I said dude I got it And she said she. That's what she said She's She's got it But um, <laughs> But uh, I, I, Let's play a little Cinnamon Girl Since well, I brought it uh, Since already? we're talking About that album Oh uh, okay I want to live With a cinnamon girl I can be happy The rest of my life With a cinnamon Uh, and you can just point at Kyle when you want him to uh, fade it down. Thanks, Kyle. She was. She, she was? Yeah, man. Thanks. So here's the thing. That song Are you a hippie? Heard. You're kind of a hippie. Totally. The cinnamon girl that we just heard, of course. Do you live was, in the canyon? In fact, I wish. I live in Los Feliz. It's very oh, close. It's kinda, very close. That's yeah. good. Okay, I'm, so, I'm actually a MILF, a mom in Los Feliz. I don't know if you've heard that expression. Well, hey, yeah, we've heard, we've heard that. <laughs> Listen, let's back up. Are you, are you dating anyone right now currently? You know, No. Okay, and why I'm is that? I'm just trying to keep that area clear. <laughs> what area? <laughs> that whole dating area. Oh, okay. I didn't know what you were talking about for a second. Know. I thought you went dirty on Neil that. Young, born in Toronto, Canada. We know this. <laughs> we know this. He moved to Winnipeg. Right. After his, a lot of people might not know that he's from well, Canada. He, well, I think a lot of folks do, actually. Well, the point is... Because, he, because I think his association with Crosby, Stills, and Na- Nash & Young, even though Graham Nash isn't from here, I think people just think that that's like a California band. I so everyone's, No, that's true. So everyone's from California. And that's true. Okay. I understand what you're saying. But he seems a little grumpy from being from Canada. Yeah, right. That's funny. Yeah, he's got more emotions than the most of the folks. Eh? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so he's born in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Then he moves to Winnipeg... Um, after he and his uh, his parents split up, okay. his father left and he moves to Winnipeg and he begins playing music in high school. He was playing where uh, in these coffee shops where mm-hmm. he eventually met Joni Mitchell and Stephen Stills. Okay, so a he, bunch of scrubs. He meets Stephen Stills up in, in Winnipeg, but it's not until later mm-hmm. that they hook up again in Los Angeles. And it was just by chance that they hooked up. Now that was for Buffalo Springfield. That's correct. All exactly. Right. And actually, I'm looking at this book called Waging Heavy Peace, which is the book he put out last year. He actually has a new book that just came it, out a few is days this, ago. Is this, an, uh, is this an autobiography? No, this is his own book. These are in his own words. Mm-hmm. And these are just his uh, rantings of a madman? You know what? 
it is so damn good book. Th- this book, Pat, I can't tell you enough, really. And I've read a but, lot of but stuff. But this isn't about you. his life. No, this, this is, is him. From Well, it's a lot about his mm-hmm. life. But the point is, is it's in his words. And so he ends chapters and the whole way through. It's just as if he's having a conversation with you. Like this one chapter, he talks about Ronald Reagan. And the last sentence of the chapter is... And that's all I got to say about Ronald Reagan. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's, it's just like he's a dude yeah. sitting with you. It's just really tremendous how he wrote the book. Do you ever wonder how many, uh, how many hours are in Neil Young's day? I, I've got yeah. 24. He must have 72 hours in a day because he, all these albums, all these songs, all this unreleased that. material. I think you're right. How many books has he written? Oh, my gosh. I bet he's written about four. He has a new this, one that insanity. just came out this week called Story Tone which I haven't read yet. And that's what I was saying about Neil Young as a fan. It's so fun to keep grappling with new information yeah. and new material and stuff you can look back on. I mean, just thinking about this show and researching, I learned stuff I had. Well, actually, I knew everything. But the point is, <laughs> I'm kidding. Listen, I wanted to tell you about when he writes in his book, Waging Heavy Peace, he writes about uh-huh. when he hooked back up with Stephen Stills out here in Los Angeles. By the way, he drove from Winnipeg with his friend, um, he drove out here with his friend, I think it was Bruce Palmer, I believe, from Buffalo Springfield as okay. well. And he moves out here and he drives. Who was in, I'm going to interrupt you from time to time. Who was in Buffalo Springfield? Okay. Stephen Stills. Stephen, uh, well, okay, now that's jumping ahead a little bit. Whoa, what's, hey what's now, this? Now? I thought this was like before. It, we're going to do Buffalo Springfield, but I'm telling but you But wasn't how, Buffalo Springfield before his solo career? No. I'm no. wrong. No, See, Buffalo Springfield is just one tiny piece of Neil Young. Okay. No, he but was I in, thought I thought it was uh, Buffalo Springfield and then he was solo, but you're saying that's no, not true no, at all. No, not at all. Here's something interesting. This is great. I'm in learning. 1966, he was in a band called the Minor Birds. Okay. And you know who was in that? Rick James. I kid you not. Rick James, I'm super, super freak Rick James. Out. That's exactly right. What kind of music did they play? Well, it was freaky, wasn't it? I, I guess it would be. I have no idea. But the point <laughs> is is when he moved to Los Angeles, yeah, he took along Bruce Palmer who was the bassist. Okay. And Bruce Palmer and he drove across in an old Pontiac hearse okay. that he had, you know, kind of re-rigged um, for, you know, for himself. And mm-hmm. he said it was always easy to load the equipment in the back of the hearse, though, because they could just roll it roll in. Roll it right in. <laughs> right in as if it were a, a body. A, yeah. So anyway, so he comes out here to Los Angeles and he says this. He says, we made our way along Sunset and got caught in a traffic jam. It had dawned on us that we may not have enough gas money to get to San Francisco. I guess they were going there. But we were working on a solution when we heard a voice shout, Hey, Neil, is that you? I looked around, and out of the driver's window of the hearse, it was Stephen Stills. We got out and hugged right there on Sunset Boulevard in the middle of traffic. Horns were honking. To us, it seemed like everybody was celebrating. Something was happening, but we didn't know what it was. It was fucking Buffalo Springfield. That's what it was. Cool. Cool, right? How many albums does Buffalo Springfield have? I'm not, you know, I can't, I don't want to answer that uh, solidly, but I'm going to go one or two. Not okay. a lot. I but let's play that. Let's go ahead and play that song for what it's worth, which is, of course, is iconic of, uh, of Neil Young playing with Buffalo Springfield. Of course, it's a Stephen Stills song. He wrote it. He's singing it. I've never heard this song before. Yes, you have. You're killing me, brother. <laughs> There's something happening here. But what it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop, children What's that sound? Everybody look what's going down Pat, check this out. 
I'm this here. This song is Hi. currently, right now, even right now, it's yes. currently ranked number 63 on Rolling Stone's list of the 500 greatest songs of all time. Did Neil uh, co-write this? No, he didn't. This he didn't. is a Stephen Stills song, but it's but it's indicative of yeah. Buffalo Springfield and what they were doing at the time. And here's what's interesting about this song, is the song was inspired by an event that took place during the early stages of like that whole psychedelic era mm-hmm. here in Los Angeles, specifically in November of 1966. So that's when they started playing at the Whiskey O Go Go, Buffalo Springfield, on the Sunset Strip. How great would it be to see like oh one God. of these bands? Oh back my God! Then? Well, here's what's so funny: is a lot of folks think that this song is about Kent State and the mm. shootings that went on there. That Neil Young later on went on to write that song, Ohio, about right. the, the kids killed at Kent State. Yes. But this song is actually against. Um, it was because of all of the protesting going on on the Sunset Strip. And here's what it was. I'm going to read it because I have it written down here. Um, According to the Los Angeles Times, annoyed residents and business owners in the district had encouraged the passage of a strict 10 p.m. curfew and loitering laws to reduce the traffic congestion resulting from crowds of young club patrons. This is all still going on, Uh by the way, which is it's a moot point. But anyway, this was subsequently perceived by young local rock and roll music fans as an infringement of their civil rights. And so on November 12th, 1966, flyers were distributed along the strip, inviting people to demonstrate later that day. And this song came from that demonstration. Stephen Stills wrote it like four days after that demonstration. These guys that were were making music back in the 60s, they, they must... They must want to pull their fucking hair out that ever, that nothing has changed that much well, since listen, then. Well, so much has changed. In so my much opinion. has changed, but but some important things really haven't. Well, give me an example, and then I'll tell you what I think. I'm not that smart. Here's the thing. Last week, Neil Young was on. He's recently done this big press tour uh-huh. because of all these new things he's doing, and he was on Howard Stern. He's got a new MP3 player coming out. Pano, right? We yeah. can talk about that. Are you going to get one? Are you going to get that? It's a three hundred ninety nine dollar item. Are you going to get it's it? It's going to be some time. But the point is this. Um, last week, he's talking to um, Howard Stern, and Neil Young stops, and he goes, what are you doing on that America's Got Talent show? Good for him. He says to, to, to Howard Stern. Yes. And, how, and everybody starts laughing and yeah. laughing, and Howard Stern says, I'm a judge. I'm a judge. I'm not on it. I'm a judge. You know, like yeah. trying to say, like, because obviously now, it's, you know, it's not about the music. It's right. about waiting in line in the hot studio sun and being the mm-hmm. person that they need to fill out the roster of people for yeah. the next season. Yeah. So it's just so, so to me, music has changed greatly mm-hmm. in that it isn't about the music no. anymore. It's, it's more in the producers and who's putting it out yeah. and where it's going, the distribution. Yeah, I saw an interview with uh, Joe Walsh, and he was saying that the only way to get good at something is to just get in your garage and yeah. be willing to be bad. And yeah. then he said... I still think I'm bad. Oh, wow. He said, and that's, it's, you just have to do it and let other people, you know, I hear love you. Joe Walsh. He's another yeah. real uh, trailblazer to me. Yeah, I he love is. him, man. He's yeah. got a lot of good stuff. Hey, let's move on to the next song. Hey, let's. Is um, from 1970, the After the Gold Rush album. And this is a sweet little song, the very opening track of After the Gold Rush called Tell Me Why. And another iconic album cover. Like, mm-hmm. I see that, I go, oh, I've seen that a million times. Yeah. yeah. Broken harbors out on the waves in the night. Still a searcher must ride the dark horse racing alone in his fright. Tell me why. Tell me why. 
right there, you're only listening to two acoustic guitars. Yeah. That's it. It's Neil Young and Nils Lofgren. Oh, uh, Nils Lofgren is I know, right? the greatest. And now Crazy Horse is backing up there on the vocals. But that was that song, Tell Me Why, it's so it's so sweet because it's so simplistic. And it, it it's kind of folksy and has a country feel to it, mm-hmm. which is a huge departure from Everyone Knows This Is Nowhere, which we had just heard. Yeah. And that all that rock and guitar on Cinnamon Girl and, and Cowgirl in the Sand. Right. And, and all that. So this was completely different for him. And then the very next year in 1971, he comes out with the album Harvest. And this album was hugely impactful. It gave Neil Young his only number one hit, which was the song Harvest. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to listen to that today. Because everybody knows that It's too obvious We don't want to hear that bullshit I want to hear the song That I named my daughter Actually After this song Now Your daughter is called Is named Old Man That's exactly right (laughs) That's exactly right No Her name is A Man Needs a Maid That's exactly right No Listen Here's the thing Actually, see, this is this is where I'm going to get a little bit wishy washy. Now, the the uh, if you can believe your, that your um the, your uh, your your daughter's uh, your daughter's dad he was fine with you naming her. You know, it's funny you should say that because I remember when I woke up at Cedars, I had mm-hmm. had this emergency C-section and I'd been put out. I didn't even re- remember the birth, and a couple hours later, <laughs> I wake up and my daughter, my husband, is standing there over the bed, and he's like, "Are you?" I'm like, "Matt, are you there, Matt?" And he's like. Are you sure about Alabama? (laughs) Yes, I'm sure. Her middle name Slamma, which is weird. She's Alabama Alabama Slamma. That's a nice name, though. But the thing is, is I named my daughter after the the, the only time I'd ever heard the name Mm. before, which was from the movie True Romance. And Patricia Arquette played uh, yes. the character Alabama Whirly. Yes. But see, she's a hooker in that movie. <laughs> so I don't, I don't want to go with that. She's a fighter, though. Although, that being said, she could only go up in life. Right. You know, but So I say, eh, you know, my, 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 my kinship to Neil Young, mm-hmm. let's go with the Alabama song. You know what I mean? Well, Although it was pretty the, cool of, of, of Matt to, to go along with it. Well, I paid him. <laughs> let's play a little of Alabama, from Alabama. Harvest. The devil fools with the best laid plan. Swing low, Alabama. You got the spare change. You got to Before we continue, I, I, I'm going to tell you this right now, and then Kyle, Kyle, I want you to answer this for Christine. I'm enjoying all the songs you're playing, but it, it's killing me because you know what's going to happen. Kyle, do you know what's going to happen? <laughs> what What have I been doing lately? You edit? No. No, you're going to have the same songs? No. I don't know. I haven't been here what? for a couple weeks. <laughs> but this is in my life. This is, what, this is what's been happening. I... I will go. You know what? I I like I like uh, I like Joe Jackson's hits, but I've never really heard a Joe Jackson album. And so then I buy a Joe Jackson album. And I'm like, yeah. that's a great album. Then I buy another one, and then a week later, what happens, Kyle? 
a week later, your kids can't go to college. Because I own every Joe Jackson. You know, that's and so, so humorous you should say that. My daughter is laughing. She does the same thing to me. Like, I just got introduced to this new musician, and, and Bam, my daughter said, Bama said, what is that, Mama? And I said, it's this new girl, Frazy Ford. And my daughter said, oh, brother, here we go, because I do the same thing. <laughs> but that's not, that, I absorb music. But how many albums does that artist have? Frazy Ford? Yeah. Two. Okay. She's a new singer. That's easy to do. This, if I start buying these new young albums, oh, uh, this was only two ninety nine, and I bought. 100. I brought, I brought, I bought his first ten albums for two ninety. Well, you know, each. actually, because um, of course I've had all these albums, mm-hmm. these Neil Young albums yeah. in different formats, from albums to cassettes to everything. And then, and do you, when they remaster them, do you buy them again? Uh, well, frequently I do, and so for tonight's show to get this clip together, I had to buy like six of them. But uh, <laughs> I don't care. I don't even think twice. And do you? Is it? Are you a physical CD person? It's important. You know, unfortunately, I have an old shitty car. It's mm-hmm. not that old, but it's mm-hmm. Subaru. You know, it's a mom car. You know. Yeah. And so it has a CD thing. Yeah. And so believe me, what I want, obviously, is what they call the interweb in the car. I mean, I'd love to have a serious satellite or something. Right. But I only have, and I don't even have a, I don't even have an iPod jack. So yeah, CDs are CDs. still somewhat important to me. But I'll yeah, tell me you, too. I just wail them across the back seat like I could. You know. They're indestructible, kind of. Well, when they scratch, I'm done. You know, when we're, we're, we're done. Now on this album, uh, we uh, James Taylor, Linda Ronstadt, oh, yeah. Crosby, Stills, Nash, the London Symphony Orchestra is what I'm reading in front on of me. On Harvest, yeah, really yeah. important, and this. Uh, song Alabama specifically is about the state, of course. And Neil Young says, I'm from a new land. I come to you and I see all this ruin. What are you doing? And he's talking about because he's from Canada. And, you know, it's just you've got the weight on your shoulders because Alabama has had this history of, you know, it's I think it's called the cotton state. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like the deep, deep, deep south. Alabama is the southest as you're going to get, as it were. (laughs) And uh, so so he's writing to the state, you know, and he says at the end, you've got the rest of the union to help you along. Yeah. And he had moved to California at that point, you know, but but he's now an American citizen. And he's saying, come on, we're with you. We're going to help you. You know, move move forward. Where does he reside? Is he in Northern California? Is that where he lives? Uh, you know, it's interesting you should say that because recently he's been spotted. Not that I'm stalking the man, right. but no, he's been up in like Westlake with fucking Daryl Hannah. I'm telling you, Is Pat. Is that in Westlake Village? That's what I understand. I'm very close there. I live in oh, Woodland Jesus. Hills. Now, this album, just uh, just so people know, this album also has Heart of Gold, Old Man, oh, yeah. The Needle and the Damage Done. Yeah. And uh, you know what I'm... I, when, what I like uh, about when I'm looking at the track list for these albums is I used to love just the 10 song album. Yeah. Just the 10 songs. And Isn't you know, that interesting? Yeah. And you know, they were all going to be good usually. And, but and now again, when we get a 15, 16 song album, they're not all good. There's, there's six, there's seven throwaways. Well, it was also very important as to what song led off the album. Sequencing. What was the, what was the album at the mm-hmm. end of the first side and then the B side? What kicked off that B side? Mm-hmm. And Neil Young is incredibly important in that genre because he would often do an acoustic version of a of an album mm-hmm. and then the b-side is electric wow. he did that with live rest he did that with um he's done that recently you know he just put out a brand new song which i want to get to at the very end um who's going to stand up but he put it out in four versions you know he puts it out acoustically wow. with an orchestra with crazy horse and live so he's putting out uh, hip-hop yeah <laughs> <laughs> With easy, uh, easy, whatever, someone. So easy. after Heart He's of dead. Gold comes out, you know, after Heart of Gold comes out, Neil Young joins Crosby, Stills, and Nash. And, you know, well, actually it was before. I, I, I heard, though, that he made him change the name. Yeah. Crosby, Crosby Stills, Stills, Nash, and Young. And Young. He, he, he demanded joined, that. He joined them in 1970 for their album Deja Vu, which is a tremendously great album. Right. Deja Vu. And then after that, he... he 
he never was like in the band and then left the band. He would just do certain projects with them. Right. Crosby, Stills, and Nash were always their own entity. Right. Neil Young comes in, he comes out. And Crosby, Stills, and Nash, they don't have a large catalog of albums. Uh, they really don't. They got quite a few, friend. Yeah, I, don't I bet think they, they got do. ten. So here's the thing. So you're on it. Let us know how many <laughs> oh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Okay, okay. Go ahead. do Continue. that, would you? Okay. Uh, all right, so moving forward, Neil Young comes up with, let me move forward here. Uh, he enters a really dark period because his good friend Danny Witten died of a heroin overdose. He has a lot of stuff going on, and he comes out with, after the gold rush, actually, we, just, we heard that previously, tell mm-hmm. me why. So moving forward, um, he writes an album called Zuma in 1975. This song, Cortez the Killer, is... Literally one of the best songs. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm going to say this about all of them. That's aren't okay. I? You're, if you're passionate, but we did. A, he wrote we did it for a... the album Zuma, which refers to Zuma Beach. Mm-hmm. And if you ever go out to Zuma Beach, you can see this is the beach that's on the cover of the album. Okay, uh, and it's just tremendous. So let's hear a little bit from Cortez the Killer. Uh, real quick, Crosby, Stills, and Nash yes. have five albums. Okay, five. Crosby, Good. Stills, Nash, and Young have three. So that's only that's not that's only eight total. Yes. That's not that bad. I mean, that's, that's pretty, pretty fair. That's not good for forty eight, eight, forty year career. Thir- Crazy Ford only has two. Years. She's been around a year and a half. What's that? Eight and thirty years. Eight and thirty years. Sixty nine, and then I bet Neil Young. How many albums does Neil Young have? Studio albums. About forty four. Yeah, that's the way yeah. to do it, Neil. I know he doesn't need those three holding them back. Yeah. Well, listen. I before we before we come into Zuma, I did want to say, uh, you know, CSNY, Crosby, Nash and Young. They, I almost thought that that was a, a procedural show. On, they released uh, on. CBS. Four Way Street. Do you remember Four yeah, Way Street in 1971? Yes, a live album. That was an Iconic. important album. Yeah, yes. that was a very important album. Uh, but then, like I said, Danny Witten passed away in 1972, mm-hmm. and then his other friend, a roadie named Bruce Berry, passed away. How did Danny Witten die that long heroin. ago? It was all heroin. And so is, that, is the needle and the damage done about him? It is. Okay. It is, in fact. But, you know, Neil hit a really dark patch, and that's when he put out Tonight's the Night and On the Beach and some really dark stuff. And then it started coming up a little, you know, coming up, and mm-hmm. there was a huge hard-rocking album, like I said, called Zuma. And that, again, was recorded with Crazy Horse. And so I wanted to hear it. Yeah, if we could hear Cortez yeah, the Killer. because I don't know anything about this album. Oh, my gosh. So let's hear this. Uh, this is wh- wait, wait, what's it called? Cortez the Killer oh, okay. Zuma. That's where I'm- Seven minutes, 29 seconds. The song seconds. is actually about... Um, a killer named Cortez. Well, it's about... Yeah, it's about a conquistador who conquered Mexico for Spain in the 16th century. Neil says he actually wrote this song. He says he wrote this song in high school when he was studying history in Winnipeg. Is he a drug guy? With, exactly with right. 104 fever. <laughs> Good one. He came dancing across the water with his galleons and guns Looking for the new world And the palace in the sun On the shore lay Montezuma With his coca leaves and pearls In his halls he often wandered With the secrets of the world Subjects gathered round him Like the leaves 
see it in your face. It's it's and it's so good. I bet you never listen with headphones to music it's anymore. So, no, I don't. It's really great. But it's just so um, magical. His music, you know, you play that for anybody who knows anything about Neil Young, and it just touches you because it doesn't matter when he wrote it. Yeah. It totally holds up. All of his music, when you listen to his music, you can identify every instrument being played. Who is this guy? Let me ask you this. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you do. He seemed to know everything. No, I don't. Uh, Danny, David Briggs, this guy that's co-producer on mm-hmm. a, a lot of the songs you've been playing, a lot mm-hmm. of these albums. Who is that guy? Do we know who that guy is? You know, I'm actually not familiar. Because I've never, because normally when I see a producer, it's, it'll be yeah, someone. Yeah, you'll know somebody yeah, familiar. Okay, okay, oh, that guy's produced all this guy and that guy, but that guy's uh David Briggs. Let's find out about him, Kyle. Look that up, Kyle. Yeah, look him up, yeah, man. Yeah. That's great. How well, many, so, uh, sadly, he's passed. Has he really? In 95. Well. Way to go. Way to go, Pat. Did, um, Way to bring down the room. Is there a Neil Young album? He was 50. Oh, shit. Ugh. Seriously? 51, 51. How did he pass? Oh, are you saying I got one more year left? So, how did he pass? Uh, his birthday is New Year's, February 29th. How did he pass? Heroin. No, don't say That's that. That's no. your birthday, right? Lung cancer. Oh, no, I've never smoked man. a thing. Um, let me ask you something. Is there a Neil Young album that you don't care for? Trans? Uh, you know what's funny? Trans was the first tour I saw him on in 82. Okay. I was in high school, and we went up to Westminster College, and he was mm-hmm. playing there. And it Was Neil playing so with him on Trans? cool, man. I believe he was, I yeah. He was. And so Neil Young has on these, like, glasses. these glasses that kind of go around his head. And Wrap he's around. standing up, Transformer Man. And he's standing up there, and it's so electronica, mm-hmm. which at the time was quite new. I mean, the biggest yeah. thing we had was Pac-Man and Asteroids. And so it was really very interesting. Like New um, Wave-ish. It felt like Neil Young was going New he, Wave. He was purposely pissing off his record company and in fact I have that here in the book Waging Heavy Peace he talks about um, purposely making records that would make the record company look like losers. <laughs> yeah, he made like four in a row that were... That's exactly right. They so were like not says, on CD for the longest time. And they would say to him, you know what? You're not making records that are characteristic of Neil Young. <laughs> so he would say, okay, you want rock and roll? I'm going to give you Everybody's Rockin' by Neil and the Shocking Pinks. You want electronica? I'm going to give you trans. You want country? I'll give you hawks and doves. And so he was just putting out what he wanted to put out. Yeah. And he fulfilled that contract. But I wanted to move into 1977. Hold on, I just wanted. The, what, yeah, what were those? Those albums were like uh, Hawks and Doves, Reactor, Trans, and Everybody's Rockin'. Those were right. like the yeah. f- the four that those weren't available row. on CD, CD for so long. Exactly because they weren't they weren't popular. Right. Hawks and Doves, by the way, is tremendously excellent. I listen to Hawks and Dove, Doves once or twice a week. I swear to God, <laughs> like there's certain music I can't fucking get past. I can't get past it. Um, I haven't some... listened to this for 35 years. I, I love that, though. That's what I do. I got to get a live. life. I got, do you you his... think why I don't have a boyfriend? You Pat? can listen to music when you're doing other things, though. That's why it's the That's greatest form of entertainment. You can do your bills. You can pack lunches. You you're can make me down, dinner. Man. You're bringing me down. Let's you know see. what I mean, though? You can enjoy music while you're <laughs> doing your swimming. You can't watch a movie and pack lunches. It's, you can't. You got to focus. You have speakers in your pool. I have speakers outside. I have a stereo system cool, outside. Cool, man. That's cool. What were you going to tell us, Kyle? Uh, I got some Briggs information here. If okay. you want it. Yeah, David Briggs. He began working on Bill Cosby's label. Okay. Uh, and then he... Um, How did he meet Neil Young? According to Briggs, he released the first ever album with the word fuck in it. All right, Briggs. From, Maury, from Murray Roman. Okay, congratulations and to And then in 1968, after picking up a hitchhiking Neil Young... Oh. There you go. Briggs went to produce the singer-songwriter's first solo album entitled Neil Young. I pick up a hitchhiker, I get my throat slashed, 
This guy picks up Neil Young and becomes a producer. This led to a lifelong friendship between the two men. Okay. That's great, man. And he co-produced over a dozen of Young's albums. Oh, my gosh. That's beautiful. Thanks, Kyle. I know it's good, man. I'm excited. All right. Let's jump back to... This song... um, Information. Listen, this song, Like a Hurricane by uh, from American Stars and Bars, came out in 1977. He wrote it. Neil wrote it in 75 in the back of his car, which was a DeSoto Suburban at the time. And uh, this song is so driven by these great freaking just fierce guitars that Neil Young literally plays this song almost every single time he performs. He must obviously love it himself. Mm -hmm. And when I was in high school, man, this was my go-to song. So can we hear Like a Hurricane? This is a great song. Uh. so known for that and it just breaks my heart when he goes into that tone yeah it's really it's really interesting that he can sing you know like like that like yeah. I don't know, falsetto it's exactly really what it lovely is. it really is um, now after that 1977 1978 came live rust and this was a really important album it was a it was a two-part album the first part being acoustic and the second part becoming uh, electric and this song, The Loner, this, was the, this song that you're going to hear next was actually, like I said, on his very first self-debuted, mm-hmm. self-titled debut album. Uh, so this song was actually written like in 67, 68. I mean, the guy was like 20 years old and he's writing this song. Uh, but The Loner is definitely a little bit uh, self-mythologizing on Neil's part because it's, um, it's kind of menacing. It, 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 you know, he says the words... Um, I'm the unforeseen danger, the keeper of the keys to the locks. You know, he's, he's strong, he's independent, he's his own person, he's the loner. Change 
recently saw Neil Young. Does he play a set that a casual fan would enjoy, or is it really like for hardcore Neil Young heads? Well, it's funny you should say that, because my sister recently said to me, you know, well, I was talking to Marsha, and she said she saw Neil Young, and it was just like she wanted to hear Old Man and Heart of Gold, and he's like, blah, 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 guitar solo. And I'm like, see, Marsha doesn't get it. She doesn't get it, and she's never going to get it, so she shouldn't be going to that show. Right. You know what I mean? It's not her show. No, it's, it's going to be wasted on her. This may seem like I'm moving quickly, but I'm only up to 1979. We're cool. And we're in 2014. <laughs> the next song... We might not get to it all. ...that I wanted to play... We'll try. Um, ...is from his album in 1979, Russ Never Sleeps. And this album, boy, I'll tell you, there's a feature film from it as well that Neil Young wrote and directed. And do you, do you remember this? Do you remember the vision of Russ Never Sleeps with the roadies who were kind of dressed like... Um, they were shrouded in like these cloths, almost like I don't know monks. If I do remember that. And they're running. So basically, everything on the stage was supersized. So like supersized, it was all a set. Like you know, Neil Young oh, like has giant, a lot of giant amps and yeah, stuff. Yeah, everything was giant. So he had these little like, gnomes, like mm-hmm. people running around. Like Spinal Tap. Oh yeah, actually, <laughs> it's probably where Spinal Tap pulled it. That's yeah. so interesting. You should say that. I bet you that's exactly true. I, sometimes I'll say interesting things. Pat, it's you ought rare, to have your own show. R- very rare. Wait a minute. <laughs> okay, so Thrasher. Um, Neil Young wrote this song, and he has said it many times. He wrote it uh, pretty much about his experiences with Crosby, Stills, and Nash and them breaking up. And you'll hear in the song he says things. They were hiding behind hay bales. They were planting in the full moon, which, you know, you only harvest in the full moon. You don't don't plant in the full moon. They had given all they had for something new. He keeps saying they. He keeps saying they. And I think that, you know, perhaps he feels they artistically went bankrupt. Uh Uh-huh. He might be right. And, uh, yeah, perhaps. Because they, because they only have eight albums in 35 years. Oh, my gosh. Well, when you look at it in those terms, <laughs> Pat. So, anyway, this album, uh, this song, Thrasher, is just one of those songs that, again, if you're any kind of Neil Young fan, it really touches you. They had the best selection. They were poisoned with protection. There was nothing that they needed. Nothing left to find They were lost in rock formations Or became park bench mutations On the sidewalks and in the stations They were waiting, waiting So I got bored and left them there They were just dead weight to me Better down the road without that load Brings back the time when I was eight or nine I was watching my mama's TV It was that great Grand Canyon rescue episode do you know all the lyrics to these songs? Do you sing? Can you sing all these when they come on? <laughs> I can probably, but yeah. I'll tell you, it's funny. Is like that song Thrasher probably mm-hmm. has fourteen verses. I mean, it's a long song, and I um, I remember being on road trips with people and mm-hmm. just yeah, trying to remember every single word. Word, and I also play guitar, and I play I play all these songs. And that particular will you be song, playing guitar tonight? That's exactly right. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, David Briggs bringing the oh no oh, Briggs. Did he pick you up and bring you here? <laughs> You're so bad. Uh, I actually can play harmonica to that song, so we all know that. No, very we, we don't have to brag. Yeah, well, you know, I, I can. What? Uh, How many instruments can you play? Uh, I play guitar at once, pretty well. <laughs> 
piano, I'm fair at best, but I enjoy it. And I have a wonderful keyboard that um, it's just tremendous. Because, you know, if you play piano at all? A little bit, but not too much. You can buy a piano now, you know, um, a keyboard mm-hmm. with 88 keys, yeah. weighted keys, like a Yamaha, whatever. And the point is, is it sounds so perfect. Yeah. And it's always in tune. Tune, right. And you know what that means to a guitar player? It's so hard to tune a goddamn guitar. I mean, yeah. even I played been guitar my whole, you know, 35 years now, but it's still, you have to tune it. There's a specificity. Every time. Right. You have the piano in the house. You go over, see, see, see. It's always there. <laughs> it's always and it's there. like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. So I'm teaching my daughter piano because I think that's a better instrument. For, for us anyway, it's a better instrument yeah. to learn. First. Is she into it? Does she like it so far? She fights me tooth and nail. You would think I have her hand on hot coals. <laughs> So what I do it's the best is way to teach I only make her play 10 minutes a night. Seriously, 10 minutes a night. And I get her I let her play what she wants. Mm. So we do some of the classics, we do some exercises and then I learn a Taylor Swift song for her. You know what I mean? Or like her school song, we learned that and we write out little tablature. So uh-huh. she was really into Frozen last year. So I'd have her write out, you know, on a little manuscript right. paper, you know, you know, C C C C C C D C or whatever, you know. Come on and you know the the snowman song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but I figure if she's in, if she's playing what she wants to play, perhaps we have a better shot. And in four more years, uh, Taylor Swift will have more albums than Crosby, Stills, and Nash. You know what? I kind of believe that they're devoid of uh, creativity. That they must, you know, when Neil girl. Young was releasing album after album, those three must have got on the phone every time and going, "Hey, we got to fucking get something in the racks, <laughs> all right? How many copies of Deja Vu can we sell? Listen, we need to get." Albums out there. This next song was uh, 2014 right now, currently. Rolling Stone special issue that they had on Neil Young. Mm. They ranked this as Neil Young's best song of all time. Of all time? That's exactly right. Okay. It's also from the Rest Never Sleeps album on the second side, and it's called Powderfinger. And uh, it's the first song on the second side. Now, Powderfinger, that's my favorite James Bond movie. Is that right? No, that was not called Powderfinger. It's not? It's called Goldfinger. (laughs) God damn it. Good for you, Kyle. (laughs) Uh, here's the thing with this song, Powderfinger. It's like I said, the first song on the B side, and it, 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 it's the electric side. And it hits you with full force when you're listening to this album. All of a sudden, we've heard all these nice little songs, uh-huh. and he did a lot of love with Nicolette Larson, yeah. and everything's very sweet, and he does I Am a Child and Sugar right. Mountain, and everything's sweet. And then all of a sudden, here comes Powderfinger, and it just hits you. It's like a shot you never see it coming. All right, let's hear some Powderfinger. Look out, Mama, there's a white boat coming up the river. And there's that guitar we talked about. With a big red beacon and a flag and a man on the rail. I think you better call John. You don't look like they're here to deliver the mail. And they're less than a mile away. This album was recorded at the boarding house in San Francisco. Oh, wonderful. That's where Steve Martin did his two comedy albums, first two. Okay, right. And Live Rust is actually a compilation of a few different live events that he did, including that one. That's exactly right. Now, what is this Powderfinger about? It sounds like a drug reference. No, no, no. Not at all. In fact, it's more... um, White powder. Dust. No, 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 no. The lyrics are narrated like posthumous... How do you say it? Posthumously? Posthumously. 
uh, by a young man, like a man who's trying to protect his family mm-hmm. against a threatening gunboat battle. Oh, so powder on your finger. That's right. And he finds himself paralyzed with indecision. And eventually he takes action and ultimately he's killed in the end. Yeah. And he describes his death at the end with the gruesome line, I saw my face splash in the sky. And it, it's just powder finger. You know, you hear those words, you know, like, uh, it don't look like they're here to deliver the mail. Mm-hmm. Think about these young kids, soldiers that go into action. I mean, these kids are 18, 19, 20. They don't know anything. No. They haven't lived. How can they be in battle and thinking about, you know what I mean? It's just so all-encompassing. And Neil Young has continued to write about soldiers yeah. and continue to write about freedoms and things like that. So it's, it's really, to me, it's like admirable that he writes songs that it's not just, I mean, mostly his songs are, of course, about love. But there's also these really... Tremendous songs about freedom yeah. and about war and about love and bigger issues. He's going to be writing a bunch of Daryl Hannah songs now. God Splash damn Finger. God damn it. God <laughs> what, damn it. Why did him and his wife, after all these years, uh, Listen, like, man, I don't irreconcilable know. differences? That's what I've heard. Put That's the what cap heard. back on the toothpaste, Neil. It's really interesting, but I'll tell you something. He's a 68-year-old man, uh-huh. and if he's not happy or she's not happy or whatever, you're going to live another 20 years or whatever it is. 20? 15? I don't know. The point is, like, you better be goddamn happy. You the know older I, mean? I get, I wonder, I go, how many years do I have left? I know. I know. Let me tell you something. They call, like, my I'm not going to ask 50 you how old years you are. old. 50. You're 50? Not quite, but I'm going to be very soon. The point is. You don't look 50. How could that be middle age? I'm not going to be 100. Do you know what I mean? Right. I'm in my old age. That's What does 50, do you remember what your parents look like at your age? 120. Right. Didn't they look a lot older than I. So th- I think they, I think I feel like they look older than we look. I'm 50. Yeah. I'm into 50. You're a good-looking man, Pat Francis. Well, you are. Look, that's what I was fishing for, and I got <laughs> it. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have thought you were 50. That's, okay. why, you had, that's why you had to have that emergency C-section. You were in, have, you were in a risky, you risky area when you were You're pregnant. Right. You're right. I had preeclampsia. You're bringing the room down, man. Let's take it back to There's only three of us here. Come on. Now, no what, one listens. Now, what album was preeclampsia? What number was that? <laughs> oh, that's, just, that's one <laughs> that's of my favorites. That's pretty funny, man. That's pretty funny. He is a comedian. <laughs> He does do. I like how she's like qualifying everything. He's like, "Hey, that's a good one, buddy." Hey, little man. They just get shit on. I know you're not used to compliments. I'm Normally, not. you talk I don't know what to do. and Siegel and Murray They're and like, uh, yeah. Well, Christy, Christy, and April they treat you nice. Yeah. Listen, uh, what came out next in 1980 is his album Hawks and Dubs. I love how we're just talking and all of a sudden you're like, boom. Okay. Well, I want to pull it back because I'm afraid we're going to run out of time. She's a professional, and then I'm going to be screwed. I'm serious. I don't want to be messed up. I don't know anything. All I know how to do is be a jackass when I don't. But we're at Hawks and Doves. This is an album that you listen to. You listen to this album twice. This is a collection of acoustic songs that actually have what? This album's only 29 minutes long, so you could listen to this twice a week. It is a short. It is a short. short. That's funny you should say that. Side one, Doves. Side two, Hawks. There you go. And again, one side acoustic, one side uh, electric. And this has actually a pretty strong influence of more of a conservative right-wing um, opinion from Neil, which is sort of, you know, interesting. A lot of the songs he wrote between 74 and 77. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the first side. And then the second side he wrote specifically for this album. It's more of a country feeling uh, in 1980. And I, and I wanted to play, let's see, we're going to hear the actual title track of the song, Hawks and Doves. It's the last song, the ninth mm-hmm. song on the album. Is this and your this, favorite Neil Young album? I'll tell you something. The second side of Hawks and Doves, uh-huh. okay, the electric side. The Hawks side. The Hawks. Is that true? Is it the Hawks side, it right? It is. It's so, this song, and I think it, the whole side is like 16 minutes. It's just so fucking tight. You can almost not listen to one of the tracks without listening to the whole second side. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They flow so perfectly. It's just tremendous. This, by the way, is his 10th studio album. So this was his 10th album in 1980. Fuck you, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, number 10. It's not that. He hasn't done that many, really. But anyway, so this is, like I said, the title track from Hawks and Doves. In history, we painted pictures grim. The devil knows we might feel that way again. At this point, he is with um, he is with Geffen Records. He turns to Geffen Records mm-hmm. after this, and he is promised a lot of money and artistic freedom. And so, what he decides to do is put out that electronic trans album that you were talking about in yeah. December of 1982. And what he does is he records. Rea- Reactor came before that. This, yeah, you're right. It was, 81 was Reactor. Right. You're right. 81 was Reactor, and then Trans in 82. So, but I, Trans I'm is the first think, Geffen album. You're right. Yeah, I was going to say. I think so. The reprise was. Reactor. Uh, it says Warner Brothers. It's weird. It says a couple of these say re- reprise and some of them say uh, Warner Brothers. So he puts out this trans album, which is like I said, the first album I ever, I, or the first tour I ever saw him on at Westminster College. I still have the goddamn t-shirt, which I swear to God. How did you not wear that tonight? I'm going to put it in a box because it's in my mother's basement in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, you, she sold it. I know. I wouldn't it's doubt that. It's not there. She's, she's, it had water damage when we had all the snow and I it know. melted, honey. Listen, uh, anyway, goddamn! If she threw that away, uh, Are your parents still with us? Uh, my mom is. Still with oh, us. I know my, you're. My, I know. My dad I'm sorry, I didn't know that because I saw okay. some of your posts. Mm. Anyway, so Neil during this trans tour, he recorded his voice through what was called a computerized vocoder. Yes. Vocoder, I think it was a vocoder. Yep, yep. a and, Sennheiser uh, vocoder. Yeah, right. So after that, uh, that's when he puts out "Everybody's Rocking," and now the record company's getting pissed off. They say you are making music that is uncharacteristic of Neil Young. <laughs> That is not, well, he and you know what? To their, young. to they, when you hire, when you, when you sign someone, and you think you're gonna, oh yeah, let's sign Neil Young because he does yeah. this, and then he purposely doesn't do it. You know, I mean, this is his so first album funny. for them, so yeah. I mean, it wasn't like he had bad blood with them immediately. Yeah. It sounds like he started the fight. It's so funny. I often can see the both sides when you yeah. get into corporates, corporate issues, and, and a business, and right. and and. and what's coming out of it yeah. and what money is being made. I can see that. I mean, God, I'm a I podcast like you, you know, like I said, I yeah. get it. I get it. What are we going to put into you? You got no money. Why right. would I deal with you? But so it's tricky. It's an eighties album, right? It's yes. Rea- 80s, so yeah. like, so it was kind of like of the time. 82. Yeah. Maybe he was trying to be current. Oh, sure. He was going through a period of time probably where he was discovering electronic music as well. The record company was also like, hey, why don't you try this? (laughs) I mean, Geffen had Elton John at the time and they let Elton John be all poppy and dancey. They were fine with that. Are you going to play something off uh, trans? No, absolutely not. Just because we got to move through, but I'll sing something for you. Transformer Man. 
No, that's not good. Is that how it goes? That sounds like, like it. That. that sounds like a, that, <laughs> that sounds, sounds like, like a some, cartoon theme But song. I wanted to go yeah, through because like he goes through the show. 80s and he does some crazy stuff. And Are we not going to cover any of that cool stuff? If you want to, we could play something, but I didn't bring that forth. You asked so me for far, 20 Pat songs. So far, Pat has played one song. I know, but I didn't bring anything from Trans. So you gave me 20 songs. I had to make it important. Uh, okay. So uh, what I'll, I did was... Well, you only brought 19, so you could have thrown a Trans in there. Of those... Of those albums, the reactor and the trans and the everybody's rocking. What, what's the best one? What, what I would listen to trans again. I w- oh, you I, would. I, I'm okay. not a fan of the shocking pinks. That was very much like a stray cats kind of a thing. Uh-huh. Which I actually I saw stray cats in concert during that time and I didn't mind it. But that's one of the albums of Neil that I wouldn't go back to. Yeah, that rockabilly stuff. It's, I'm just it's not, not a fan. I mean, it's like it's like a once once in a great while type of a thing. It's hit it and quit it quickly. Yeah. Oh, so I, I say that also because Brian Setzer's people wouldn't get back to me. Mm. <laughs> Here's the thing. Uh, by the late 80s, Neil Young comes back into his own, in fa- as far as I'm concerned. And I think actually he might have changed back. I don't have it in front of me, but he might have changed back again and gone back to reprise. For which, which After album? After Gavin, I for Rockin' in the Free World. For Freedom. For Freedom. The album Freedom yeah, but, in 1989. Oh, I forgot about these albums, too. Like, uh, oh, I thought Old Ways was, was accepted. Oh, yeah. Old Ways, that's another one. That was a little more current. That was... Um, I don't have it in front of me. Old that, Ways that, that was... That was Geffen, and then it was followed up by uh, Landing on Water, which was Landing also Geffen. Landing on Water, which was an awesome uh, cover. You know, I used to be a flight attendant, Pat, and that was the, the his album cover for Landing on Water uh-huh. is what's in the safety card in the seat back pocket in front of you. I need to ask you That's about it. this uh, being a Do. being you should. A, uh, being a stewardess. I'm right here. <laughs> stewardess, boy. Sky- that, not that you're 50. Yeah, sky wait. I said that on purpose. Sky waitress. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> How many what was that like being a being a flight attendant? Do you like you you must like not mind flying? You know, I don't care for flying anymore at all. In fact, I if I, seriously, if I never had to go more than 3 hours driving uh-huh. where I am right now, I wouldn't. What's the criteria? It, do you to- know like the codes? Is that why? Uh that- <laughs> It's like, oh, we're not serving drinks. It's like, that's weird. Well, it's all about, it's a bell schedule. That's all a bell schedule, right? Uh, so two bells, pick up the phone. Uh, one bell, put your seatbelt on. Two bells, pick up the phone. Three bells, there's trouble a-brewing. Oh, God. Three bells, get your ass up to the cockpit. Three bells? and Five bells, oh. it's all downhill, and we're going down. And I'll tell you something. If there's ever a flight, I used to laugh about this all the time. If yeah. there's a first officer or the co-pilot yeah. who worked, the plane is going down, and he's going ding, ding, ding. Because <laughs> that's like the only time you would do five yeah, bells yes. in a row. I never want to hear. What five the hell bells. is he doing in the fucking cockpit? You know what I mean? I don't know. It's, yeah, me neither. Did uh, was there any ever uh, any yes ever any some, trouble? I did have some experiences. I did. Well, let's well anything any did a flight ever did you have to, uh, emergency landing? Yeah, uh, yeah, I had one emergency landing. Oh I did. God. I had a, 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 a I had a engine blowout on a 727 which is an older plane there's three engines you married or single at this point you get i was um uh i think i was divorced i was married once before when i was quite young holy my my ex-husband here we go who was a musician played a lot of neil young okay this is your first husband my first husband he gets another girl pregnant son of a bitch i'm flexible but not that flexible no you don't need to be so we divorce all right immediately yeah yeah, which was kind of a nice divorce because it was so quick and easy. It was like, well, yeah. that'll be that. Well, we knew he fucked up. You knew he fucked up. Why? He fucked, yeah, he fucked somebody. Yeah. What happened? Done. I was 25, so we're done yeah. here. We're done here. Too young to be married anyway. I'm telling you. There should be a moratorium against anybody under 30 getting married. Right. You shouldn't even get Kyle, engaged Kyle, you'd be 25. happy that didn't even work out yeah. for you. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty glad. You're a lucky man. Good for you. Buy a lot of video games. Now, so. wait a minute. 
Hold on, we're not done with we're not done with the Christine Blackburn yet. Darn it! I want to do the Neil Young. If I hear three bells, you're in big trouble. No, go for it. Is that just turbulence? <laughs> See, here's the thing. No, turbulence is just, ladies and gentlemen, the flight attendants are going to take their seat as we're going to enter a rough patch of air. Please, you know, be patient okay. while the flight attendants, until the right, flight attendants resume right. their service. Let okay. me, let me, I'm going to ask you this because maybe you can ask. Uh, uh, Pilar and I were just in, in London in, was it right, right around February, is that when it was? Yeah, I think so. And flying to London we had the worst turbulence I have ever felt in, in my life yeah was there any risk that that was going to uh, it's funny no it, it really was, I mean, like shaking, I know I've like seen crazy. violent where people have had to go get off the plane with an ambulance at the end of the thing I've seen such violence in the air yeah. I have seen people's beverages leave their tray go up in the air turn and spill on top of their head that like does not it, mean like we're going to crash it doesn't crash. even make sense that doesn't mean we're going like to crash but it doesn't even make sense like the plane will drop it's when yeah. it drops is when you make you make yourself sick to your stomach it, yeah. it'll drop like 100 feet or whatever the plane will just go boom and it'll just go down and then back up, or it feels like it's going up. Yes. It, does, it doesn't go up. It just doesn't go down right. anymore. And um, no, it, turbulence is actually quite common and okay. not that big of a deal. Right. You'll mostly experience it in the summertime with, the, with thunderstorms. Anytime there's thunderstorms around, specifically for me, it was always in Florida. Because anything I was in Orlando, crapping Tampa, my anything. pants. Yeah, it's the, horrible. And here's the thing: is it's my wife and I flying together without the kids. Mm, that's nice. So what you think is, oh. We can't we can't buy it and have our kids be orphaned. You know what I mean? That's what yeah. I think. Like yeah. if we didn't have kids and we and there was turbulence, I go, Fuck well, it, well you know, this yeah. could we'll do this could happen, do. whatever. <laughs> but when you think that you're leaving someone behind, that's when I get all keyed up. But now that you're telling you know, me that honestly, turbulence the is the only time your cool. plane's going to crash. Now I shouldn't say this because what do I know? But you know, my, opi- my opinion or my experience is the only time you're going to have a problem is mas- mostly on takeoff because the plane has not been warmed up. It's not like a you okay. know, it's like a car. When you start the car, does a car start or doesn't it start? If it starts, yeah. how often are you going to just like peter out on the freeway? No. 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 It's going to be on takeoff or landing. Okay. Those are your problem areas. So you're saying most of, most of the accidents are mechanical. Correct. And most of them are, it, it's as if you're on the road, most, most is going to happen at an intersection when things are happening. Mm-hmm. That's why it happens on takeoff or landing, but not when you're in the air. I heard a story about uh, Denzel Washington was flying a plane. He flew that thing upside down and landed it yeah, upside down. Yeah, that was down. cool. Well, he, well, he was drunk. Do cool. you think he was drunk? He was you know what pissed wasted. me off about that movie is like, I liked it so much for that, yeah. for that 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. And the rest of the movie, horrible. <laughs> horrible. Like, it was so serious. It was so yeah. sad. That guy knows how to prepare for a flight, though, let me tell you. Hey, man, I'm ready for some music. What about you guys? We're ready. Okay, you gave me what I needed Listen, to know. Okay. This is exciting. Let's, so let's um, play a couple of tracks from Trans. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> We're moving right into rocking in the free world, you guys. This is hot and this is awesome. And it happened in 1989. Again, we've got one you, acoustic version. You blew one right electric. by this notes for you. Dude, how much time do we have? We, not much. That's Seven why I'm hours. You gave okay, me go 20 ahead. songs. Okay, I'm go working ahead. on these 20 I love rocking in the free world is the, is the greatest song ever. a lot of these lyrics ever. criticize the George H.W. Bush's administration. Well, I love Bush At and that I stand point, behind no, my president. This is the first Bush and this Patriot. was in the, um, his, actually his, his first... Uh, month of administration. Mm. Let's hear that. Please.
like it's rocking right here in the free world. This goes in the category for me. I think there's a lot of songs where you can say, look, there's no one that doesn't like this song. Oh, my God. And I think, Isn't that I, I don't think there's anyone that doesn't think that's a jam. Yeah. Kyle, you are half my age. What do you think of that song? Yeah, I like that song. When I when I first read it, I was like, oh, this song. But then when I played it, I was like, oh. I like oh, yeah, this, this song. song. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's just a tremendous song. I it absolutely is. adore and that it, song. Yeah, it totally rocks. You know and that you know, Neil Young plays guitar on one song on the new Chrissy Hines CD. Oh, I love Chrissy Hines. Oh she's going to be at the Pantages December 6th. Oh, she's I'm one of my going. favorites. I could do a whole show on her if oh, you're interested. I'm trying to get her. Um, but here's movie. the thing. Oh, wow. Wouldn't yeah, that be something? That would be she's going to be in town then early December. I just saw, I was in, when I was in London, she played, she played. Uh, Dark the whole, Sunglasses. She play, Yeah, she played the whole new album. Oh, man. And I met her afterwards. I got her autograph. Oh, I met her. I was a jackass. I was I was a, a, a filthy American. Good for you, man. Everyone else was like hanging back, and I was like, increasing today, shit, please get there. <laughs> That's the second time you've gotten her autograph, though, right? Yes, the first time she was loaded. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah, Interesting. She, she looks she, good, man. She's got to be 60. When I saw her a couple of years ago, she looked haggard and really bad. Mm. And I think maybe she was going through some, some stuff. Sure. Because when I just saw her uh, in February... She looked fantastic. Good. Yeah, so she looks she great on her album. Yeah. That uh, that song, by the way, we just heard, Rockin' in the Free World, yes. that was on Michael Moore's Fahrenheit 9-11 um, yes. movie. They played that at the end. Yeah. And, you know, he says those lyrics, that's one more kid that'll never go to school, mm-hmm. never get to fall in love, never get to be cool. I mean, those are like yeah. perfection lyrics. Th- that is amazing. That's, that's a great, great line. Yeah, it sure is. Um, so we want to move ahead to... Um, 2013. Well, 1992 is we're, what I was thinking. We're getting Very there. close. Where are we on time? Just tell me how much we've done. I, I don't know, care. That's uh, an hour and 13 minutes. See? An hour and 13? Okay, I we're told cool. you. Look, we did a two-hour show on Tom Petty. Yeah, I know. Although I know oh, about I Tom Petty. Oh, I do love Tom Petty. But, uh, okay, so let's move ahead to Harvest let's, Moon. Let's move it. This is an incredibly sweet album. It's his 20th studio album, and it was released, like I said, 1992. It's obviously about a split with a woman, and um, I think everybody can relate with this song mm-hmm. from Hank to Hendrix. Let's hear that. From Hank to Hendricks I walk these streets with you Here I am with this old guitar Doing what I do Always expected That you would see me through I never believed in much but I believe in you. Come on, how beautiful is that? That is nice. Can we get it together? Can we still stand side by side? Can we make it last like a musical ride? And again, this song is such a departure from what we just heard on American Dream uh, and when we heard mm-hmm. when we just heard Rockin' in the Free World I mean here we go back to um, uh, more of uh, we abandon the loud music and we go back to more of the, the Neil Young that we've always known yeah. you know Harvest Moon it kind of takes us back to the Harvest Days and it's just quintessentially beautiful um, is the crazy horse stuff is that usually the more electric it, well it can be it can but be again, but, not not specifically. but not specifically no not at all I is, mean, is Neil Young going to be a mentor on American Idol this year? Oh, God. Come on, man. You're breaking my balls. <laughs> what if balls. he was and he just went in and he's like, breaking my balls. fucking, he's fucking went, quit. Went, no. Quit this show tonight. No. This is bullshit. So then 
then he rele- Geffen releases the rarities collection called Lucky 13 in 1993. And then in 1994, Neil releases Sleeps with Angels, which is actually a really very, very good, good uh, album called Sleeps uh, with Angels. Before that, though, he did his Unplugged album. Oh, yeah. Well, and from what I yeah. hear is that like he did like five, six, seven takes of each song. Because, no, I didn't hear that. Yes. That was the MTV Unplugged. At that time, in the early yeah. 90s, MTV Unplugged was like this new thing. Right. Eric Clapton did it, and Neil Young did his Unplugged. Now, why, why are you saying that he did I, that many takes? I heard that he was just was not happy with, so his, perfor- with his performances that night, and he'd be like, got to do it again. I can picture him gotta on that stool, and I can picture that cover yeah. of Unplugged. It was actually quite beautiful. Here, it actually says here on Wikipedia, the recording of Unplugged, uh, was rife with tension mm. as Young was not happy with performances of almost everyone in the band. Wow, interesting. The release version is the second attempt made at recording a suitable uh, airing and release. Huh. Okay, so then Sleeps with Angels. How do you brush by that? Well, no, I'm just, just I'm not by. brushing by. I'm looking at 117. That's You're very dismissive. At. Here's the thing. Don't worry about that time. Neil Young. I'm going to edit this down to 15 minutes anyway. <laughs> I'll kick your ass. I swear <laughs> to God. Neil Young, in 1995, he starts jamming with Pearl Jam. And he really hits this cool, grungy, you know, this whole thing with that album Mirrorball. Do you remember that? Mirror I do Ball? remember. I would love it if, like, if I edited this and I sent it to you ahead of time. And I said, oh, here, you want to listen to it? Laughing. And it was like, you were like, and so now we're going to listen to it. And then you hear me go, Harvest Moon. And then I just play whatever song. <laughs> <laughs> Old man. Okay, go ahead. So, uh, Mirror Ball with Pearl Jam. Yeah, I mean, that's that, which was a super exciting thing. And that kind of like brought a lot of kids back to looking at Neil Young as a new artist, which, of course, not, we all know he's not a new right. artist. Um, and that happened. And then in 96, he reunites with Crazy Horse for Broken Arrow, an, a, an album called Broken Arrow. Uh, then, see, now he's going back and forth with Crosby, Stills, and Nash at this time. Mm-hmm. They've done a couple of new things together. Uh, it, just, it never stops with Crosby, Stills, and Nash. He keeps going back, doing one song, two songs, uh, a, a couple of tours, and then they hate each other, then they're back together, then they're not together. Have you seen them, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young? Many, many times, yeah. Many times. I've seen them at the Hollywood Bowl. Are they great? Can they, can they still oh, do yeah. the harmonies and everything? Oh, yeah. Come on now. Come on. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I haven't. I'd love to see them. They're never going to reunite again. That's over now. No, that was like in the press just That's this the, week. Yeah, it's never going to happen again. I, I think that there's um, some ill will. And also, Neil Young has said, he said on the Howard Stern show, he said, why should we talk about what we did great in the past? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's not what he, where he's at right now. Right. So, um, okay. So, we got to wait for a minute. No, we just keep going. You're, oh. you're, we're still recording, right? We're recording. Yeah, Kyle went, see, Kyle's going, going to the bathroom. He's going to the bathroom. We're taking such a nice, long little, yeah, reprieve. There's a bathroom. There's yeah. a bathroom break. It's I like fine. that. Totally um, cool. Then there's a, new, there's a new solo effort called mm. Silver and Gold in the year 2000. Let's talk since we're not going to play a song until <laughs> he comes out. I want to ask you something. Tell do me. you have a friend that loves Neil Young the way you do? Like, is there one person that you can, like... Really get into the minutiae. There with. is only one. Only yeah. one. Yeah. Who is who is it? He, he, he's a friend of mine who lives in Colorado. Yeah. Have you ever seen shows together with him? Yeah. Yeah. We have seen shows together, and we both. Yeah. That's like the only person I can really talk in detail with. Because and this is it, it's it, so fun. I told him I was doing the show and stuff. He was excited. Oh, good. Um, like David Wild was my guest a couple of weeks ago, uh-huh. and we did. Uh, and we did. Um, we did a Neil Diamond show. Oh wow! Yeah. Because I'm, you know. I don't like Neil Diamond, ironically, like a lot of people do. I get deep into these album oh, yeah. cuts, and, and David was the same me. way. So, 
Uh, so yeah, I, I, Neil Diamond was huge. Like for the long, I don't, for the longest time, I didn't have anyone that would appreciate the Ramones the way I appreciate the Ramones, and it's so difficult because you want to talk to someone about. This music you're passionate about. How about, about you and your wife? Are you guys? Do you have that together? Uh, no, we we really don't have yeah. uh, a musical thing. And she say, uh, she'll say that I, I ruin music for her. Oh, because for I listen sake. to so much music. No, but um, uh, she likes music. But I'm like so such a music yeah, person. Too. Like, do you have a do you have a a turntable at home? Do you listen to music on I don't, vinyl? I or? don't listen to vinyl anymore. I like I like the sterility of uh, the compact disc. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is it compresses so much of the sound, I though. Know. And that's why Neil Young has come up with this new thing called Pano Music, like you said earlier. And Pano Music is funny to me. It, um, is it going to be an MP3 or is it going to be its well, own it's music, file it's music, format? It's a whole new file format. Okay. It's its own music download service. And it's dedicated to really high quality uh-huh. uh, recorded music. It's supposed to launch right now, this month, October of 2014. So he's probably trying to get all of his music on it immediately. Yeah, I th- well, I think that's why he's been out promoting so much. Yeah. The idea is to present the songs as they first sounded during the studio recording session. Uh-huh. Well, that would be excellent. I mean, And so it's going to be a portable player. It kind of looks like a Toblerone chocolate bar. It's, I know, yeah. It's, it's triangular. Uh, yes. Yeah, a Pono player. It's going to cost about 399 bucks. It'll come with 64 gigs of storage, and then you can get you know additional removable storage that the, you'll be able to use. The Kickstarter for it was... Uh, the eight hundred thousand. The Kickstarter six point five million. That's yeah, crazy. it's fascinating. They raised. Yeah, I read that six and a half million dollars, making it the third most funded project in the crowdfunding site's history. Well, that goes to show what a fan base he has. Yeah. Also, it's really exciting, and people are tired of hearing. I mean, you hear something on, you know, in your earbuds on an i on an iPod. I mean, yeah. it's it's insulting. If you hear it next to something, but if you wear like as, a good pair of head, like I don't think I don't think the stuff that we're listening to in in my headphones, I think it all sounds great. I mean, yeah, I but we're listening to Neil Young. I mean, how how much? Um, what was I going to say? What what can the human ear detect and not detect? I think at a certain yeah. point you're just like, well, those yeah, those I think great. it's so I can, independent. I can definitely tell though when I'm listening to my iPod like once that like my friends have given me stuff and it's just. Sounds like garbage. Yeah, it's, well, maybe the files. You know, it's like, are there musicians shit. on yeah. here or not? Right. All right, um, jump here, us in here. Well, Kyle's back in the seat. <laughs> I am back. back I'm going to jump forward. Well, you know, he did. He did like a another concept album called mm. Greendale, which I saw at the Greek Theater. We were okay. just talking about Neil Diamond live at the Greek. I, I always think of Neil Diamond live at the Greek, but uh, Neil Young did a Greendale, uh, an album called Greendale. It was like a musical, and that's a, an album I probably don't need to hear anymore. Okay. I mean, it was like watching a stage show. It was like a high school musical with flats and like his children were in it and they were just like on the stage set up and, you know, and it was just um, kind of surreal. Greendale was surreal. And at the Greek theater, he did half was Greendale. So half was the musical. Okay. Now they broke down all the sets and he comes back on and he plays. What you want to hear. What we all wanted to, you know, what we all came wow. for. Well, at least but he did that. It's exciting that he even tries yeah. and that he even makes these attempts. Um, so here's what happens okay. in 2005, okay, 2005, Neil Young is diagnosed with a potentially deadly brain aneurysm. I did not know this. Did I? Well, I don't know. Did you know this? I don't know. How many songs did he write during that period when he had an, a- an aneurysm? And he didn't remember I that he wrote I thought I had written this down, but he talks about, uh, he invented the Pono player while he had that aneurysm. I'm going to kick your ass is what I'm going to do. <laughs> um, that but he a- talks about, um, in his book, in his book, Waging Heavy Peace, he talks about mm-hmm. how one day he saw like a little spot in his eye and it didn't go away. And he thought it had like a piece of lint in his eye mm-hmm. or something and it didn't go away. And then that spot just kept growing in his uh, eye uh-oh. and it kept growing and it kept growing and it kept growing. And then finally he went to the doctor and the doctor said, yeah, I got some bad news. 
You know, you've That's a big piece you, of lint. You are living with a ba- brain aneurysm. You're oh living with God. it. You have it right now in your head. But we can take it out. So they did this emergency surgery. They can take surgery. an aneurysm out? You know, I don't want to say diffuse it this somewhere? exactly. I don't okay. want to. I don't want to give these details because right. I'm not positive. But I do know that um, it happened in New York City when he came out of the hospital. He has he has complications. Mm-hmm. One day he says he's taking a walk down the street, and then all of a sudden he looks down and blood is dripping into his shoe <laughs> from his eye. From his eye, he started pouring blood from his eye. I mean, it was a really delicious, terrifying thing. Um, but you know, he starts undergoing treatment for this, for this aneurysm and he continues to write this whole time. Uh So the next album he writes is acoustic. It's called Prairie Wind and he puts it in conjunction with the concert film, Heart of Gold, which was uh, based around the album and directed by Jonathan Demme. It was released in 2006. And why this is important to me, Heart of Gold is because when I was having my child, Alabama, Mm. I was in labor for 35 hours. At Cedar sinai Hospital. That's crazy. And all I wanted was to watch Heart of Gold on a loop. And I kept watching this Jonathan Demme film on my computer on a loop. Because it was the only fucking thing that was calming me down. And it was so lovely. And and during that album, he wrote this song that we're going to hear now. Again, from 2005. Um Oh, here, I have it now in front of me, actually, when he was talking about that dot in his eye. And Mm. he went to see the neurologist. Um, Anyway, so... He writes this song, Falling Off the Face of the Earth. And he writes it to his wife, Peggy, just talking about how much he loves her and how much he thanks her because this is probably the end for him. Mm -hmm. So we're going to hear that. All right, great. I just want to thank you for all the things you've done. I've been thinking about you. I just want to send my love. Send my best to you That's my message of Yeah, the falsetto isn't that... It's kind of a little touch and go in there. Is that because he was in a little bit poor health when he recorded this? No, I think it's because he was so emotional, emotional? recording it. And, you know, I was just with my father who passed like yeah. seven months ago, and I was with him when he mm-hmm. passed, and I felt like my dad is falling off the face of the earth. Yeah. I mean, how much for, fucking more literal can you be? Yeah. I mean, it was so amazing. And so some people might have thought that Neil Young would then, after that album, I mean, this is the most gracious he can be. Mm. This is so, uh, you know, it's also important. His life is being transformed. But at the same time, the Iraq war is going on. So that same fucking year that he writes Prairie Wind, yeah, he comes out with Living With War in the same year. And Living With War is a completely, um, uh, you know, it's an album highly critical of the second George Bush's administration and his conduct in Iraq. And I remember it- Neil Young saying, like, I thought... 
a 23 or 24 year old kid would come out and write this fucking song or write something about this right. war. I thought somebody would protest and nobody's fucking doing anything. Yeah. So I got to write another goddamn album and I just had a brain aneurysm. Now, is this a listenable album or is it a soapboxy oh, type no, album? It's a lovely album. It's got some really strong songs like Let's Impeach the President, which I saw him mm-hmm. at the Hollywood Bowl singing that. <laughs> another song called Shock and Awe. Another one, Living with War. But this song, I love this song that we're going to hear called Families. And just because it's so, it's so lyrical and so simple. And he's just talking again from a soldier's point of view. Like, I just want a family the same way you want a family. Right. We just want a goddamn family. I put my pants on the way you put your pants on. I you have no water. idea how I put my pants on. Well, that's true. I but jump anyway, off the top so- of a bunk bed. <laughs> Right into them. So this whole album, Living With War, was really important. He toured with this album. And this song, Families, I just think is so sweet. All right, let's hear it. I'm going to give you a compliment. I think you've picked a, a, a lot of songs that, that I think the listeners are going to be like, I've never heard that song, and they're going to run over to oh, iTunes I hope so. and, and purchase these songs. I think that'd be lovely. Now, me, I, I just realized, oh, all these songs are now on my computer. I will steal those. Oh, they're yours, man. They're but, yours. Uh, yeah, that's a, I would have never thought, because I remember when this album came out and I saw the cover. Oh, and like, It's oh, just lovely. The cover's just like a brown paper bag with some words yeah, spray painted on it. It was just an amazing album, though. Another song there, there was called Looking for a Leader. I mean, these are all, yeah. it was all very important at the time. Again, Neil Young, is he's, he's, he's writing things that are important now. Yeah. He, I don't think he's worried at all about whether it's going to last or not. I mean, yeah. remember, this is a guy who wrote The Loner in like 66, 67, when he's like 19 years old. Right. He writes a song that still holds up. So uh, it's just fascinating. A couple of years go by, he does Chrome Dreams. Then he does Fork in the Road, which I loved Fork in the Road. If, if anybody wants to see a good Neil Young video, you go to Fork in the Road, and he is just... Um, I think it's just one of the most humorous videos. He does this song. I can't think of it right now, but he's basically talking about... Um, you know, one hit song doesn't make you a star kind of a thing called Fork in the Road, which was super fun. And then in 2010, he teams up with Daniel Lenoy and they record Lenoy's. Are you familiar with those guys? Um, with Daniel Lenoy? He's a, he's, is he the producer? He's a producer, yeah. Uh, I, never knew, I never knew how to say his name. I didn't know if yeah, it was Lenoy. Lenoy or Lenoy. He's done a lot of amazing stuff. Yeah, you 2 and, and Peter, Peter Gabriel. Tons of stuff. Produced yeah. So, produced and Us. He, yeah, and Daniel Lenoy. Lenoy, he lives right in Silver Lake, which I can't, you know, sometimes I think about these people, yeah. they live amongst us, you know what I mean? I saw like, Aaron Eckhart at Target just the other day. <laughs> Star sighting. Yeah, I said, hey, Hooray. Two-Face. He has that ugly, he has that ugly <laughs> face. Oh, I only looked at one side of him, then he turned oit- around and I was like, Okay, yeah. listen, you guys, four more songs. Sav. Four Green. more songs, we're going to wrap it's it up, and because I, I know we don't time. have that much time. No, come on, let's, listen, 2012. Look, if young- it's entertaining and, and the songs are great, people will listen. 
And if they don't, I'm and here's the thing. Here's the thing about this. I'm wavering on that. No one has to listen the whole way through. They well, can I would like to think that they would. Oh, I see. How long? Saying. How long are your episodes? I try not to make anything more than fifty minutes, mm-hmm. and they all go fifty-nine or one hour. Right, and that, but that's fine. It's free. You know, that's the idea of podcasting, that it's freeing and you right. do what you want. But I am trying to do more of a structured thing because I'd you. like it to be a television show. Oh, okay. And I, and I have a very specific, whatever. Okay. Let's go to 2012, shall we? I would like this to actually be a paperback novel. <laughs> it could be. It could. I'm hoping. Pat Francis, you're entertaining enough. Why not? Mm, I don't know. In 2012, Neil Young really goes back to his roots and he records an album called Americana. And this album just it, it pretty much cracks me up. This is... He has not been uh, collaborating with Crazy Horse since mm-hmm. Greendale, and he comes back with Americana in 2012. In fact, in 2012, he puts out two albums. We're going to hear a track from each. Oh, I'm not going to like this. Uh, but Americana, this, I'm not going to like this. He album plays at all. a song, uh, Clementine, which is the song that we all grew up with, and oh it's so interesting because the verses of Clementine are so dark, mm-hmm. so dark. All of the songs, all of these songs that we grew up with, "This Land Is Your Land," all of these songs. Um, Happy birthday. I wouldn't go that far. Oh, okay. Uh, but a lot of these songs are very, very dark. They have uh, issues about people getting killed or life, life and death, death it's like struggles. A, it's like a Disney animated movie for children. Yeah, everybody dies in <laughs> yep. the first five minutes. That's right. right. Your mother is gone now, Your mother's Bambi. gone now. Good you luck to you. walk through the thicket alone. Good luck to you, fucker. Clementine. It says, the lyrics are, in life I used to hug her. In death I draw the line. I mean, can you imagine if these are the songs your kids are singing in school, they always take those verses out. Yeah. But not Neil. He, he includes it. Let's listen, let's he listen to that He does the traditional arrangement of That's these right. tunes. Oh, my God. Listen to Crazy Horse, right? Yeah, that, that does rock. Maybe I will like this. That's the that's the that's the uh, that's the version I want my daughter to hear right what were, there. What were you going to say? Kyle? I said I got to be honest. I prefer Huckleberry Hound. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, can you imagine like Crazy Horse? Are like Neil's calling tomorrow. He, he wants to get us on a conference call. We're going to record something, and then he says we're going to record Oh Susanna. <laughs> oh Clementine. my gosh, that's a fantastic song. Oh Susanna is terrific. Um, so out that very that very same year, Americana comes out, 2012. Neil Young now puts out a double album, which I have in my car. Well, now he's just showing off. This I know, I swear to God, this is an album, Psychedelic Pill, that came out in 2012. Uh, it's 87 minutes long. It's one of the longest albums and the only studio album that he ever put out that spans two discs. Okay, because wow. Live Rest that was two discs, but it was live. Um, anyway, many of these songs oh, actually Christ. came Look how out. Long these songs are. But listen, they came out of the extended jam sessions. With Crazy Horse while they were doing Americana. So he's recording with Crazy Horse Americana and some shit is coming out. And he says, let's gather this up and put it out again. So this song, She's Always Dancing, is so 
great. And it is by far my favorite Neil Young song of the last 20 years. It's so strong. And we're not going to listen to all 16 minutes. But let's listen to what we can, Kyle. All right, let's hear it. She's always dancing. She wants to live without ties to bind her down. She wants to dance Another one of those um, situations with Neil Young, and you think, is he crazy? Is he brilliant? What is this man? But it's just, it's transfixing, and you just listen to it, and you can't, you know, you light a candle, uh you have a glass of wine, and my head just goes, you know, I got to be with that one guy. You know, by this point, we know he's brilliant because he has a catalog of work that proves that he is. So if he wants to go and, but I don't think that's crazy. That's pretty rocking. Oh, it's so beautiful. I mean, I knew rocking in the free world rocked, but I didn't know... That so much of the music was Crazy Horse is a, is a full band, right? With, with four people involved in the band, and they're really all of equal weight. So yeah. it's it's an important band. It's not just Neil Young; it's all of it. It's Neil Young and Crazy Horse, and here are these men mm. in their late sixties. Yeah, and they're I mean they play like they're reading each other's minds. Yeah. when you see them live, it's like they're they're within one another. It's really an amazing. So you thing. think when it's Crazy Horse that it's. Uh, that Neil doesn't hold the reins, per se. No, not Even necessarily though- at all. No, and in fact, his vocals are more subdued. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of background vocals. Yeah. And he, he keeps everybody in a line. I mean, he's not out front with them in the back. Everybody's together. You know, it's a band. Um, and now, here we are, 2014, and Neil has just put out a brand new album called Story Tone, which I didn't even get yet. Oh, last year, actually, 2013, he had... A collection of other people's music. He's played a lot of other people's music, yeah. other people's music in the past, and he came out with um, an album last year with uh, some Gordon Lightfoot songs. He does and, it on the road again by Willie Nelson. Yeah, so he just you Springsteen know, song. He respects a lot. Of, obviously, respects other people's works. Apparently, he listens to Bob Dylan, and that's kind of all he listens to. Wow! Outside of his own stuff, he did a version of "My Hometown," which is on uh, "Born in the USA" by Bruce. Love yeah, isn't that, that lovely? I'm gonna have to go look for that. So now it's 2014, and here he is again, Neil Young, 68 years old. He's like, "Is anybody gonna say anything about the shit going on in the world?" <laughs> well, apparently not. Can I tell you why people aren't? It's because they're worried about their new Pano player more than they are no, about come the world. On now that's not true. I don't know what's going on, but he writes this new song. It just came out last week, and he puts it out in four versions. It's called. Who's going to stand up? Um, and like I said, he put it out in an acoustic version and with a children's choir. And we're going to hear the orchestral version right now. Who's going to stand up? And these lyrics are important. This just came out. Yeah. At the time of this recording. That's right.
check the while Tomorrow's child Protect the land from the greed of man Take out the dams Stand up to oil Protect the plants and renew the soil Who's gonna stand up and save the earth? Who's gonna say that she's had enough? Who's gonna take on the big machine? Who's gonna stand up and save the earth? This all starts with you and me. And the song, it's clear and it's direct. And it reminds me a little bit about the Living With War album, you know, with Let's Impeach the President and, and songs like that. I mean, this song is just, it's right out there. It's right in front. He says, end fracking now. Let's save the water and build a life for our son and daughters. I mean, how much clear are you going to be? Uh, I thought he was talking about Battlestar Galactica. I'm going to kick your ass, Alex. <laughs> Where to God. Uh, it's Christine, right? <laughs> you don't go by Christy. No, in college Christine. I did. In college, uh, it was like a two or three year period Unisorority. where I wanted to be different. No, good for you. Mm-mm. No, my other. You know, Christine I was, was listening to all this. Oh, uh, Christy Mann Stratton. Yeah. yeah, I love her. She was on Storyworthy a couple times. Yeah, she's so talented. She is great. Um, she has know, a lot of glasses too. She has yeah. more glasses than Elton John. That's People right. don't know that. I'm That's here right. to tell. I knew it. that more like a Lisa Loeb thing. <laughs> yes, it is like right, Lisa. right now Elton John looks like Frankenberry. Yeah, he's changed, hasn't he? He has completely gone a cereal box. Uh, Pardo, um, says, Pardo says he has a lettuce leaf on his head for a toupee. When I was in college, I was listening to Neil Young, and everybody else was listening to Madonna. And, um, you know. They must have thought you were like a little crazy. No, hippie. Always hippie. Hippie, always hippie. I was hippie. totally born probably about 15 years late. Now, in retrospect, I'd rather be 50 than 65, but. Listen, so we, I want to wrap this up with a song that to me... Oh, you, just, I will wrap this up. No, you're going to wrap it up, but my last song. I only have one more song to play, but I want to thank you so much, really, Pat, you're for welcome. having me on, because it's an important subject. Neil Young is an important musician in our lifetime, and he continues to make amusing music. Look... And look, for all my jackassery, I'm totally taking this serious, and I really, really enjoyed the songs you played tonight. Man. And Thanks. I got an education, and uh, I'm going to actually seek out... Some of the, I'm going to start with these early albums. It's yeah. a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope because you cut to me a week from now. I'm like, I just bought Hawks and Doves. Listen, Willie Nelson is an 82-year-old man still yes. putting out music. So there's True. no reason why Neil Young isn't going to be doing this for the next 15 years. So we have a lot to look forward to. But I think it's an important show that you that you addressed today on Rock Solid. <laughs> well, I, uh, well, I'm glad that we addressed it with you. <laughs> and uh, I don't too. know. Uh, now, just because we record an episode doesn't mean it'll air. Mm. But, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, so go ahead. Tell me. Let's let's get some. Let's get the plugs out, and then you have a playout song. Yeah, man. Um, okay, so storyworthypodcast.com. That's where you can catch my show, Storyworthy. You can also find me at christineblackburn.com. And I have a game show that is actually a spinoff of my storytelling show. I think uh, Penelope Lombard's been on that. Yeah, right? she has Shotgun Storyworthy, and okay. I have this big wheel. Okay. I bought this big wheel, Pat. I bought this. I sold all my gold to buy a goddamn wheel because <laughs> oh it was six hundred and eighty dollars. Couldn't you just make one? Pat, you're what? breaking my balls. What? Listen, it's a prize wheel. Is this like a showcase showdown that's, type that's of a exactly, wheel? That's exactly right, right. Because I need a game show more than I need jewelry. Okay. So Where do you store this? How do you trans... It's beside my bed. Well, how do you get it's it so to when you... It's so fucking sad. My do you whole, do the show so in your bedroom? damn sad. Well, sometimes. All right. 
So go ahead, I tell me about this I take it apart. There's a, there, you take the wheel off of the big stand, okay. and I store it by my bed. Okay. And I, here I am, a 50-year-old woman in my Subaru mm. Outback, yeah. going around Hollywood with a big fucking wheel. What's happening? It's in your bedroom. I say you change up some happening? of those categories, and That's there's some I'm fun saying. time in there. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so um, anyway, well, tell us about how does the so game show work? It's shotgunstoryworthy.com. You spin the wheel, and okay. you tell a true one-minute story wherever the wheel lands. What are some of the things that are on the wheel? There are 16 different topics, and we change them frequently. Okay. But the topics might be vacation, or your mom, okay. your dad, um, pets, drunk tank, Virginity. That sounds like a blast. Travel. So everybody has a story for everyone. Because mm. if you land on kids and you don't have kids, yeah. well, you were a kid, or perhaps you know other children. Yeah. Right. If you land on passport and you never got a passport, yeah. what's that story all you're about? T- you're, you're rough. W- That's what's rough. going on, man? I mean, what, what have you been well, doing? Why talk about the passport record label that Todd Rundgren's Utopia was on? Oh, my gosh. How about I'll, that? I'll talk Todd Rundgren yeah, any day. Go that. Oh, I saw the light. What, um... What you have a co-host on your podcast? His name is Hannes Finney, and he's from Milwaukee. Um, he's from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and he's very funny. He's a comedian, and we work well together mm-hmm. because he's kind of the opposite of me. He's a grouchy old man who's always been sixty-five. <laughs> Whether he was ten, twelve, or now he's fifty, he's sixty-five, and he's always mad and he's angry. And how'd you meet this guy? I met Hannes. He was the second person I met in Los Angeles Tinder? seventeen years ago. Okay. Seventeen years ago, standing outside the Ice House, waiting for a gig. You know, uh, signing up for an open mic at the Ice House. That's where I met my wife. Is that right? At the Ice signing House? Signing up for t- stage time Is that right? at That's the it? Ice House. No way. Really? Yes, Was it I'm Dave not Martin, kidding. Dave McMar- McNary is your, show? Is your wife honest? <laughs> yes. Oh. Is your wife from Wisconsin? Um... Is she an angry 65-year-old No, I'm man? sorry. I'm sorry. I take that back. This, was it. this wasn't at the Ice House. I thought it was the Ice House because of the eye. Oh, it was at, this. It was at Igby's. It was at Igby's. Same thing there. It's Same totally type different. of... No, it's totally It is. It is. So I don't even. I don't even know where I met. What my I wife. wanted to do was I wanted to play us out. Igby's, honey. I wanted to play us out with a song by Neil Young that he actually recorded in 1976. I need to. Pro- I need to Steve promote Stills. too. Oh, sorry. I am at Padded underscore Francis. We are at Rock Solid Show. Sorry, Kyle. Kyle you are at Kyle Dotson Funny. Yep. Um, go to the Facebook page. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Twitter. Also, go to uh, www.rocksolidpodcast to read all the show notes written by Andrew Rich. Mm-hmm. And there's a donation button there. You click on that. You donate thousands of dollars. We love it. Rocksolid.activeboard. Yes, that's uh, that's Scott Phillips' uh, message board psycho over there. And get into the minutia of uh, start a thread called Neil Young and get into some minutia about Neil Young. I listen to uh, I listen to you guys on Stitcher. Oh, thank you. I love Stitcher.com. Fantastic. Okay, so. <laughs> I didn't mean to say I was going to have the last word. That sounded dismissive there. Yeah. Fantastic, Christine. Great, thanks. Uh, Christine, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. And now I am going to give you the last word. Oh, Close it so out fine. for us. I'm done talking. Um, this song that he wrote, uh, excuse me, this song that Neil Young recorded with the Stills Young Band. So it's him and Stephen Stills. They wrote in 1976. He wrote it in 1976. And he wrote it as a, as a eulogy to his very first car, which was a 1948 Buick Roadmaster Hearse. That was his very first car. And that's not the car that he crossed the country with. He's, he's had a couple of hearses. Um, but this is actually, He'll have another one in his he, life, too. He wrote this song about his car, and this is the song I want played at my funeral. So you heard it okay. here first, if, right. if and when, um, I will make that when happen. I die. Would you? <laughs> this song, by the way, also was, was used on the final broadcast of The Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien. Oh, wow. And it was also used during the closing ceremonies for the Vancouver Olympics in 2010. Conan so O'Brien hosted The Tonight Show? Long may you run.
the long 